All right, everybody, welcome to New Life. How many guys are glad to be here loving Jesus today? Come on, let me hear from you. Yes, yes, awesome. Hey, I want to speak just for a few moments to our North Platte campus. All right, today is a really important day. Uh, today at our North Platte campus is the day where we make the official transition of leadership power from Pastor Dave and Tiffany to Tyler and Sarah Baroni, who are becoming the new campus pastors at our North Platte campus. We got some really, really special things designed that are happening at the North Platte campus today. And I know there's some things really in Pastor Dave's heart that he wants to accomplish here on his last Sunday as being the campus pastor in North Platte. I just want to say this. Uh, from my heart, from our staff, from our entire church, thank you, Dave and Tiff, for giving eight incredible years being amazing, spirit-filled campus pastors at our North Platte campus. You will forever be known as the founding campus pastor. Come on, let's give it up for them. You'll forever be known as the founding campus pastor of the North Platte campus. Um, because you started it with us. Uh, but we're equally as excited to be handing the baton to Tyler and Sarah. We really believe that God's got something in store as we kind of reset the clock, right? We go back to the exact same age, I believe, that Dave was when he took over that campus, 30 years old. Guys, the future is amazing. And so I know, Dave, you got some things in your heart for the campus. And so we're going to pass it over to you. Have a wonderful service in North Platte, guys. Hey, for the, for the rest of us, I want to welcome you to our teaching series, right? It's going to be a two-week teaching series, and it's simply entitled Secret Agent. Turn to someone and just let them know, hey, you're a secret agent, all right? All right, you didn't know it. You didn't know it, but you are a secret agent. This is going to be two weeks, okay? Back in November of 2021, God really kind of put it in my heart, like, look, two weeks talking about the power of the Holy Spirit coming into us. And the power of the Holy Spirit going out of us. And so I, I went with the title Secret Agent because we're, we're really a people that are, um, we're, we're really intrigued with like CIA operatives, spies. We got all these movies of these people that are all over the world. They're hunting down the bad guy. And we love it because they win in the movie every single time. Right? You got guys like Jason Bourne and Jack Ryan and all of those movies that have been out there. You've got all the Mission Impossible movies. Come on, somebody. Like when I say Mission Impossible, we go back to old school and we've got new school. Dun, 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 Oh, you guys know you wanted to do that with me. Dun, 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 Okay, good. Woo. All right. You're with me. You're with me. But if you're going to talk about these types of movies, you can't do it without mentioning James Bond. I mean, come on, right? Since like 1962 with Dr. No, we're like on a 60-year run with the character of James Bond. We love these kinds of movies, and here's the reason why. There's always this character who's facing the impossible, but they win in the end every single time. Well, look, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you surrendered your life to Jesus, you need to know that you're an agent in the hand of God. You're an agent in the hand of God. You're an agent in the hand of God to help free people in Jesus' name, to love people in Jesus' name, to live victorious and to overcome temptation in Jesus' name. 
You've been equipped with spiritual gifts to inflict incredible damage on the darkness. And look, in the end, you win. It doesn't matter what it feels like right now. You're an agent in the hand of God, the creator of the universe. It doesn't matter what it feels like right now. In the end, if Christ is your Lord and your Savior, you win. All right? That's good news. It's good news. So just turn to the person next to you and tell them not only are you a secret agent, but you win in the end. All right? Come on. Turn to somebody and tell them that. You're not just a secret agent. You win in the end. Here's what makes you a secret agent. The Holy Spirit. Like you're the agent. The secret agent living in you is, is the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit's role to empower every single believer to give you the power so that you can accomplish the mission of living for God in a world that, quite frankly, doesn't want to follow him. The Holy Spirit is the one who helps us to show, show the true power of our living God by the way that we live our lives by the way that we overcome struggles, right? By the way that we stand victorious, even when it seems like whatever you just faced should have knocked you flat to the ground and you shouldn't be standing and breathing right now, but you are, and it's by the grace and it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. And all of that work of the Holy Spirit is to point the world back to the authority and the ultimate power of God. But the problem is this, with the power of the Holy Spirit, we don't tend to ask for it enough. We get really kind of self-reliant. This power that is offered to every single believer is something that God goes, hey, I want you to ask for it. Look, at, look with me at what Jesus said about this in Luke chapter 11, verse 13. He says, look, if, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, right, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who what? Ask. One of the issues with us is that we don't ask. Let me help you understand this whole thing. Recently, I was with a, a group from New Life, and we were down in the country of El Salvador, and we went on a go trip. And part of that mission was to build a house, but this house had no power coming into it. That means there's no electricity coming in. You know what that means then, right? There's no lights coming in, right? How in the world can you live that way? There's no TV coming in. Now what are we going to do? There's no internet coming into the house. What in the world? How are we going to live? And there's no AC. Why? Because there's no power coming into the house. What would your life be like if you lived in a house that had no power coming into it? Could you even live that way? My thought for you right now is that no way. You couldn't do it. Like some of you are like, oh yeah, I could do it. Yeah, but you're not going to stay married. <laughs> you're only thinking about you. And you're like, Two weeks from now, you're going to be begging someone for power. There's just no way that we in America would put up with that. You would find a way to get power. Like you would search for it, like you would ask for it, you would beg for it. Some of you would have a mile of orange extension cord running from your closest neighbor's house to you just so that you could light up a lamp, right? You see what I'm saying? So that you could charge your cell phone. Like that's what you would do. And here's the reason why you would ask for it, search for it, beg for it, do whatever you had to get power. Here's the reason why. The reason why you'd be so desperate for that power in your house is because you've experienced the blessing of the power. You've experienced the blessing of it. And for believers who've experienced the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives, there's something about the power of the Holy Spirit in our life that once you experience his power, 
you don't want to live without it. But unfortunately, the issue is that we're like many people living in third world countries that live currently without power. We don't know what it's like to have power, so we're not asking for the power. We're content with Jesus. We like Jesus. We like God's word. We even like worshiping together. But when it comes to living and walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, we feel inadequate, so we don't ask. We feel unqualified, so we don't ask. We feel intimidated, so we don't ask. We feel ignorant, so we don't ask. We don't look, we don't seek. And part of the reason is because, guys, quite frankly, we don't want to look foolish, and we don't want to look crazy in our faith. We've heard about the working of the Holy Spirit. And are like, wow, like, I don't want to look that crazy. Like if the Holy Spirit were to show up again like he's done in the past, or if he were to move like it, God's word says, like, wow, what would people think about me? Right? So we don't ask. And what happens is that we miss out on these power-up moments or this power in of the Holy Spirit in our lives. How many guys, when you were back, like I'm 50 years old, how many guys, like when you were young, you played video games? All right, let me just see your hands. Let me see some hands. You played video games. How many guys are old and you still play video games? It's okay, all right? It's not a problem. But when I was young, all right, video games like Pac-Man existed. Innocent Pac-Man, right? Where you just run around and you learn to eat everything, which is part of the reason why I am the way I am. (laughs) You run around, you eat all the little dots, and then you go for the big dot. It's called the power pellet. Remember when you got the power pellet? What happened to all to a Pinky Blinky and whatever other knights and Clyde? I don't know all the names, right? What happened to them? They turned blue. You became invincible when you ate the power pellet, and then you could run all over the place and you could eat all the pellet, all the other dots you wanted to, and the enemy. Awesome. That's what we need in our lives. How about Donkey Kong? If you don't like Pac-Man, Donkey Kong. You run around. You're climbing up. Kong keeps throwing the barrels down. You get to jump up and get the hammer. When you have the hammer, you can pound those barrels down. You can race all the way to the top. You can, you can like save the girl at the top that Kong has captured, right? Because you become invincible and you become unstoppable, this unstoppable force because you powered up, because you got the hammer. Same thing we need in our lives. Now, if you don't like those games, maybe you like the most popular game ever created, Mario. Mario runs around, right, and he's trying to bust out all the little blocks, and if he gets that little super mushroom, they call it, which don't read too much into that one, (laughs) right, but he gets the super mushroom, he doubles in size, he becomes invincible, you cannot stop him, why, because he powered up. Guys, for you and me, if our stupid little video game characters needed to power up, how much more do you need to power up? We need the power in of the Holy Spirit flowing into our lives. This is a power up moment right now where the secret agent, the Holy Spirit, is wanting to power you up so that you can go out there and you can live this next week in the power of the Holy Spirit. But guess what? It's not enough on Sunday only. It's the desire to get powered up on Monday. To have the power of the Holy Spirit coursing through our lives at lunch on Tuesday have the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives at that dinner appointment on Wednesday, to have the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, coursing through our lives when we're reading our devotion on Thursday. Like, that's what we need. But could it be 
that if we really knew the benefit of the Holy Spirit, that we would desire him more in our lives? Could it be that if we experienced the power of the Holy Spirit, that we'd be desperate for more of his power in our life? The answer to those questions are absolutely yes. But we don't ask. One of the reasons why we don't ask is because we've bought the lie. We bought a lie from Satan himself. See, Satan knows the power of the Holy Spirit, and he doesn't want you to activate the Holy Spirit in your life. He doesn't want you to walk and, and live your life in the power of the Holy Spirit, getting powered up by the Holy Spirit on a regular basis. He wants you to live a powerless Christianity. Why? Because Satan knows that the church of Jesus is unstoppable when believers are full of the Holy Spirit in their life. Well, I just want you to see the, the real power of the Holy Spirit that's in your life right now, our key verse for this morning's message, this power in message of secret agent, one of two, Romans chapter eight, verse 11, right? It says this, that the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. Now seriously, like you gotta let that one soak in for a moment. Because there were some real, real powerful statements that were just made. Can we just do this with that, that verse still on the screen? Can, can we take that verse and personalize it for a moment? Can we read it as if it's me? So as, let me give you an example. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. Okay, let's read it from that perspective. Would you just follow along with me and read, read out loud with me? The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to my mortal body by the same Spirit living within me. Guys, this verse is talking about you. If you've surrendered your life to Jesus, if Jesus is your Lord and leader, if you've opened up your heart and you said, Holy Spirit, come, like live in me, forgive me of my sins, be my Lord and be my leader, I'm telling you right now that there is some serious power that the Holy Spirit has that's living in you that might be sitting there dormant right now that needs to be activated. This power in you that needs to be activated. It's mind-blowing power. I want you to see really two critical thoughts in today's message from Romans chapter 8, verse 11. The first one that I want you to see was this, that resurrection power lives in you. Resurrection power lives in you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead God sending his Holy Spirit to raise Jesus from the dead, that same power lives in you. That's a dangerous power. That's a power that Satan really doesn't want to see activated in the church. He doesn't want to see believers walking and knowing that, look, the power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. Jesus wants to see it in your life, though. And that's why some of the very last words that Jesus ever said are Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power, power, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Jesus knew that he, he was going to leave, and that the Comforter, or the Holy Spirit, was going to come. And Jesus said this about the Holy Spirit. He didn't actually say much about the Holy Spirit other than to tell us that when he comes upon you, you will receive power. What kind of power? Well, now we understand it better. Right? As the revelation 
of the power of the Holy Spirit became more and more evident to the believers. And the, the Apostle Paul started writing even more and more about it. And Peter started writing about it, right? And others started, you know, living it. And they started experiencing that, look, what Jesus said is actually true. Jesus said, look, you'll do the same things I've done and greater things. We're not doing that in our human strength. We're doing that because the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. Like, that's what we know today, guys. We know that today. We know that when Jesus said power was coming, we know it was resurrection power was coming to our lives. So we know that Jesus promised the power of the Holy Spirit to his believers. And we know that the Holy Spirit comes into the heart of the follower of Jesus Christ when we surrender our lives to Jesus. His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, comes and lives within us. But we also know that God asks for us to seek the power of the Holy Spirit by asking and seeking asking and seeking so it's one thing to say jesus i believe in you and his spirit comes into our life it's another thing than for us to activate the holy spirit in our lives and to say i want you to have control of my life i want you to live through me i want you to have your way in me right there's that asking and that seeking which is exactly what the disciples did after jesus ascended to heaven they went to the upper room they prayed for many days doing exactly what Jesus asked them to do. They were asking and they were seeking for the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And the power of the Holy Spirit showed up in an amazing way. I'm gonna tell you this. That's the same instructions you and me have been given today. Ask Jesus to fill you with the power of the Holy Spirit. Ask him to and see what he does. Seek to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. There's an ask and a seek. I want to use a really weird illustration for a moment. I want to use a kid at Halloween, okay? Kid at Halloween. Kid at Halloween has the best costume that any kid has on the entire block. The whole block the kid lives on, every single house gives out candy. And I'm not just talking about regular candy. We're talking about the big candy bars. Like this kid lives in a sweet neighborhood. Kid puts on his costume. He goes out. He walks down the sidewalk all the way to the end of the block. He crosses the street. He comes all the way back on the other sidewalk back to his house. But he doesn't have any candy. Why? Because if the kid doesn't go up to the door and knock and ask and seek, his bag is empty. And I think that for many of us, our heart is empty of the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? We love Jesus. We love his word. We love worshiping together, but we're not asking and we're not seeking for the power to come into our lives. And just like a kid who never knocks on a door at Halloween doesn't get any candy, so does the believer not see the fruit of the Spirit being developed inside of their life. Are you following me so far? So what do we need to do? Ask and seek. Why? Because we need the resurrection power in our lives to bring some old things back to life. All of us need this. We need the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit to bring back fresh faith in our lives. Some of us, we need to be brought back to the day that we surrendered our life to Jesus because we've lost the passion. We need the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit to renew the passion. We need the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit to renew the awe of God. We need the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit to bring us back to this place where it's like God nothing's impossible with you. You remember that kind of faith that we had when we were brand new believers? We never should have lost it. Never should have lost it. It's the power of the Holy Spirit, the resurrection power that brings 
the power of God back to life for us. Some of us, we've lost our love and our compassion. We need the resurrection power of God to restore love in our heart, compassion in our heart, empathy in our heart. We've gotten burnt over the years. Something that's happened, we've, we've grown calloused. We need the power, the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit to bring those things back to life. We need the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit to resurrect generosity within us again. So it's not just about us all the time, but it's about God and God's kingdom. So we have to ask and we have to seek for the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit, who, by the way, God says already lives in you. But we ask and we seek so that God can bring those things back to life in us. So the Holy Spirit's not to be feared. He's not going to make you look like a fool. He's not going to make you look crazy. I guarantee you, you're still very much in control. You are the one that's asking and seeking. He's pouring the supernatural power of the Spirit in your life, but you're still very much the one that is in control. But if you surrender your life to Jesus, you should be asking for more and more of his power in your life. So can I just encourage you to do this, that while we worship in just a minute, while we worship, will you invite the Holy Spirit to fill you with his power? Will you specifically invite the Holy Spirit in a moment to fill you with the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit and to revive whatever has grown dormant or dead inside of you? I want to challenge you to do that in just a moment when we worship. The second thing I want you to see out of Romans chapter 8, verse 11 is this, that you also have life-sustaining power living within you. life sustaining power it says that god will give your life your, your your mortal bodies life through the holy spirit so that what you so that you can do what so that you can live a godly life it's through the power of the holy spirit given to our mortal bodies that we can live a godly life it's not because you're good enough it's not because you're strong enough it's not because you're disciplined enough it's not because you've been a christian long enough Though none of those things matter. It's by grace that you've been saved, not by your good works. And it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that you can live a godly life. Listen to what 2 Peter 1.3 says about it. It says that by his, being God, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a what? A godly life. It's through his power, the power of his spirit, that he's given us this Holy Spirit so that we can live godly lives. Are you finding it hard right now to live a godly life? Are there things that are overtaking you? Are there attitudes? Are there beliefs? Are there behaviors? There's, there's like temptation that's overtaking you. What do you need? You don't need to buckle down and just get you know, better being a Christian. You need to double down and surrender more and ask the Holy Spirit, come and give me the life-sustaining power. I can't do this on my own. That's what God's looking for. That's what he's looking for in our life, is that you and me would become more desperate for the power of the Holy Spirit to sustain our lives so that we can bring God glory and honor. There's this movement. It's been happening for a while. I don't really see it going away. But there's this idea in the hearts of a, a number of people that, look, it would be awesome if I could just live off the grid. right? If I could just get out off the beaten path, and I can just live out someplace where nobody has control over me, right? Where I call my own shots, right? Where I get my own power for my own house, and I've got my solar panels, and I've got my wind farm all set up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build a little garden, 
maybe a decent-sized garden. I'm going to raise my own food, and I'm going to dig my own well, and I'm going to get my own water. And the goal is then to be self-reliant, self-sufficient, and self-sustaining. I want you to know something. That's the complete opposite of what God's looking for in your life. God hasn't called you to be self-reliant, self-sustaining, and self-sufficient. In fact, God isn't impressed with how much you can do without him, by the way. Unfortunately, I think that's a lie inside of the hearts of many followers. Like, like look, look at what I can do without you. And we, we would never say that, but we tend to live that all the time. Like, look at what I did out of my dedication for you. God, guys, God's not interested in your self-reliance. God's interested in your sustainability, and he knows that your life is sustained through the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit flowing in your life like a river. Listen to what, the, what God's Spirit said to the Apostle Paul one day in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. God said this to him. He said, hey, Paul, my grace is all that you need. And watch what he says next. Read it with me. My power works best where? The power of the Holy Spirit to sustain life works best in our weakness. What does that look like? What does it look like to approach God with an attitude of weakness? I think it would look something like this. A prayer that I prayed for you this morning. God, it's not my church. Not my people. They're your people. It's your church. And would you say to them what your spirit wants to say? Would you take my preparation that I humbly submit to you and would you speak through me what you want to say? That, that's a humbled weakness. Versus, God, you called me to be the pastor of this church, right? Like, it, my, the weight of leadership is on my shoulders. It's a different attitude. Say, hey, God, the weight of this place is on your shoulders. These are your people. You feed your people. So would you just minister, like, through me? Let me get out of the way somehow. Maybe for you, it would be, God, show me the truth found in your word. Like, don't just go to the Bible and start reading, right, as if you are going to be smart enough to find some nugget of gold. Go to the Bible, and before you open it up, make sure you open up your heart to God and say, God, would you show me the gold you want me to find today? Because without you leading me through this moment of study, I'm not going to get what you want me to get. That's humbled weakness. God, fill me with the power of your spirit so that I can live a godly life for you today. That's humbled weakness. <laughs> I'm not good enough to make it through the day. I'm not strong enough to make it through the day. God, would you fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I could live a life that brings glory to you today? Humbled weakness. God, would you give me wisdom that only comes from your spirit to make, the, the, to make good decisions today? Left to myself, I'm going to make bad decisions for me. I'm going to make bad decisions for my marriage. I'm going to make bad decisions for my business. God, would you fill me with a wisdom that's beyond me? It's beyond my experiences. It's beyond, right, what I've gained in books or meetings or anywhere else. Would you fill me with your Holy Spirit that would give me wisdom so that I could make good decisions for you today? Humbled weakness. How about this last one? God, without you, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. Without you, I'm nothing. 
Fill me with the power of your spirit today. When was the last time words like that came out of your mouth? God, I'm nothing. Can I just be open and honest and transparent? They come out of my mouth all the time. Sometimes with the wrong motive, though. Sometimes it's a little bit of beating myself up. That's not what God's interested in. God's not interested in you beating yourself up coming to him. God's interested in you coming to him recognizing, God, without you, I really am nothing. But with you, man, those things that seem impossible, all of a sudden they start to happen. Guys, that's humbled humility. And, and when you come to God that way, then he's going, look, that, my power works best right there to sustain you to live a life that brings glory and honor to me. So focus your dependency on being full of the Holy Spirit's power in your life. He can sustain you. And by the way, his source of power never runs out. So remember this, guys, right, in wrapping up this message today. It's God's desire to fill you. It's God's desire to fill you with his Holy Spirit so that you will be an agent in his hand. It's God's desire to do that. It's God's desire to fill you with the Holy Spirit so that you can thrive today, so that you can thrive this week for me. I just want you to hear me loud and clear today, right? That you are capable of more than you're living. You're capable of more than you have faith for right now. You are capable of more. You are a secret agent that's been lying there dormant. You didn't even know that you had all these skills, talents, and abilities, but in given the right moment, at the right time, surrendered to the Holy Spirit, asking for his power in your life, all of a sudden, bam, you know kung fu. Bam, all of a sudden, you're speaking a foreign language. I'm talking more about the movies right now. I'm just saying, bam, at the right moment, you've got the strength to stand up to temptation. Boom, at the right moment. Right? You've got the prayer that comes up inside of you that fights back and pushes back the darkness. That at just the right moment, bam, there's the love, there's the compassion needed. That all of a sudden, at just the right moment, wow, there's the generosity that came out of nowhere. That at just the right moment, you as the secret agent are powered by the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you've been opening up your heart, you've been humbling yourself, and you've been saying, God, may the resurrection power of Christ that raised Jesus from the dead, that lives in me, would, would that power be activated today? God, with the life-sustaining power that you give to my mortal body to live a life that brings glory and honor to you, would that be poured out of my life today? That's the attitude God wants out of us. So that Philippians chapter 4 really does become a reality for you. It says this in verse 13, 13 For I can do everything through Christ. Why? Because he gives me the strength. Not because I'm good. Not because I got it all figured out. But because he gave me the strength. Guys, ask and seek and knock for his strength. Ask for the Holy Spirit to come and fill you up today. Ask for him to overflow out of your life. Be like Pac-Man. Eat the power pellet. Go for it today. In worship, open up your hearts and say, Holy Spirit, fill me up. Let your power come into my life, course through my life. Week one, power in. Why? Because week two, I'm going to talk about the power going out. If you don't have the power coming in, the power going out is going to be irrelevant. So why don't you stand with me? And let's pray.
Lord, I pray for this church. I pray for those that are with us in Ogallala right now. I pray for those who are worshiping with us online. I pray for those that are here at the Carnegie campus. Lord, we are in a, a God-filled environment, a spirit-filled environment right now. Lord, where two or more are gathered, you are here in our midst. We believe that you're moving through this place. You're moving in our hearts right now. You, you've been giving us thoughts in our mind. You've been challenging our heart. You've been convicting us. And Lord, right now, there's nothing we can do to impress you. We can't sing good enough, hold our hands up long enough. We can't come to the altar and kneel down and cry hard enough. It's just a matter of us opening up our hearts to you and saying, Holy Spirit, would you power me up today? Would you fill me up today? I want the resurrection power of Christ to bring the old back to life again. And Lord, I need the power of your spirit to sustain my mortal body so I can live a life that brings you glory and honor. Would you let your power flow into me and flow into us today? In Jesus' name, amen.